Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen, and this is your Daily Dose of Happy. We're so happy you decided to join us today. I'm here with Daniel Mangana. Our friend Alex is uh, kind of uh, feeling under the weather again. She's been, I mean, she's been dealing with a lot of stuff, Daniel. We got to send a lot of positive energy to her because, I mean, she, you, no, no human being should have to go through that stuff, you know? Yep. It's uh, an interesting road that her incarnation has chosen. Yes. <laughs> it's a good way to describe it. But we send her love. We, send her we love. do. We send love. And Alex, if you're tuned in, remember what we talked about. Focus mm-hmm. on how you want to feel. Focus mm-hmm. on how you want to be, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it's easy for us to say because it's a hard thing when you're in the middle of feeling yucky. Mm-hmm. But focus on it anyway. It's good. It's good exercise. good practice, you know? I mean, look, she's doing all the right things physically. You know, she's keeping her vibe up as much as possible. And yeah. the other thing is that she's she's got us for support. And I think sometimes when we're on these journeys, these challenging journeys that we sometimes have in this human experience, we lose sight of the fact that we bless people by letting them support us because then they get the, the upside too. So everybody gets served by you actually reaching out and accepting some help. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, that's, we've been kind of talking about that in from another direction a lot lately in terms of social connectedness and the power of social connectedness to help oneself to achieve all kinds of successes in life, including healing. Mm -hmm. Um, But you make a great point it's easy to forget that that social support group also gets the benefit out of it. It's a mutual mm. benefit that gets built. Everybody wins. Everybody yeah. wins. Kind of reminds me of what they portrayed in the movie about the book, the Celestine prophecy. Did you see the movie? I didn't. I actually only read, um, heard the audiobook. The oh, okay. Prophecy. Yeah. That's when well, the guy goes down to Peru and like, right. The crumbs down to Peru. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and the movie was done pretty well. I mean, you know how it is. A book and a movie, they, the movie can never portray everything that's in the book. It's just not possible. But mm-hmm. they, they did a pretty good job with that case. Of course, Redfield played a direct role. He was the scriptwriter, so that mm-hmm. certainly helps. But one of the interesting scenes that they showed in the movie, they did portray this in the book, but they portrayed it really nicely on screen, um, where they're doing, like, they're getting ready to do the ninth uh, insight. Mm-hmm. Um, they just finished the eighth. And, and as they were finding the eighth, um, they describe in the book how, um, what are the names, Father Sanchez and the lead protagonist, what's his name, John, mm-hmm. are giving energy to the two women as they're trying to translate the scrolls. Mm-hmm. And they're they're demonstrating how when the energy gets sent both ways, it amplifies, and that becomes one of the clues that um, mm. as both sides feed energy to each other, the, the energy amplifies, and of course that leads to the scene where they're able to ascend for a period of time and, and interact with Will, who's already there and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they demonstrate it really nicely on screen in a very visual way. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about here. We're talking mm-hmm. about how if, if you have a support network and your support network is giving you support when you need it, they're also getting the benefit. It's the energy building both directions at the same time. So there's kind of a mm-hmm. graphic example of what we're talking about. Kind of exactly. Cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. So I want to get a couple of housekeeping items out of the way that I've been doing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I hopefully won't have to do this too much more, but I, I want to do it until I know that everybody's gotten the message. <laughs> um, one is that uh, we, we had a little, uh, a little to do with Google and uh, when it all ironed out the Android version of the LOA Today app, if you have the version that ends in 8.3 or less, you can see it up in the top 
right-hand corner of the screen when you have the app open. Eight, three, or less on an Android only, iPhones doesn't apply, just Androids. Mm-hmm. You'll need to uninstall the app and then reinstall it fresh. If you uh, don't, your app will never update, which is a pain in the neck. It will update whenever you get a new show, but anything new that we add to the goodies section or new information about hosts or whatever won't update. So it's a pain, but it's a one-time fix, and once you fix it, it'll be done. The only, thing, the only thing I ask is don't do it in the opposite order. Don't install the new version, then try to uninstall the old version. You will create more headaches for yourself than you can possibly imagine. Uninstall the one that's there first, and then do the new install of the new version, and you should be good to go. So that's item number one. The other item, this dates back to a couple weeks ago. Rita and I did a show on Friday uh, two weeks ago. And on that show, I was just kind of itemizing some game ideas that I had in mind um, mm-hmm. toward the idea of the talk that I'm putting together. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of you know, spitballing them, throwing them out there, like, here's some here's a bunch of game ideas you can do to build up self-love and mm-hmm. you know you can do it in a group setting or you can do it individually the, the idea obviously of doing it in a group setting is that you're feeding each other you're feeding that energy right it's two-directional mm-hmm. or multi-directional energy feeding um so what came out of that was the idea well let's see if listeners might want to have a game day you know maybe do like a special uh weekend event or something like that spend an hour or two and just run through some of these game ideas and have listeners participate in them. So if you're interested in doing that, and I have gotten some people saying, yeah, they're interested, send me a message either to my email, which is walt at loatoday.net, or just use the app and just use the question form and send me a note that way. Just tell me you're interested, that you'd want to be included in that. Uh, and if nice. we get enough people showing interest, we'll do it. We'll, we'll set aside a weekend day and well, have a game could, day. This could be Fun? <laughs> it could be fun, yeah. Well, you know what I was finding, and I've been finding it, and I've been having this conversation with a lot of my co-hosts this week. Mm-hmm. You can take almost any group game that already exists, and you can tweak it. Yeah. Well, not mm-hmm. only can you do it virtually, but you can tweak it to fit the goal of building self-love. So, for example, like the first example I came up with is the game Truth or Dare. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a game that's usually played to basically embarrass each other and, you know, humiliate yeah. each other and stuff like or, that. Or if you want to snog someone. Then you yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'll have a dare. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't have to be that way. It's just the way that you frame the dare and truth cards or, or pieces of paper or whatever you're mm-hmm. using. So mm-hmm. you just frame them in a way that builds people up. So the truth questions can be about what you're willing to acknowledge about yourself that you like about yourself. Mm-hmm. And the dare side can be what you're willing to dare to do with somebody else to build them up. So it becomes build, 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 build. So it's just a tweak to the game. It's, it's the same game. It's variation. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can do it. And there's a lot of games you can do it with. Nice. So, you know. I, just, like, I, I like your thinking, Mr. Walton. Well, you know, we, we keep talking about how it's important to raise vibration why not come up with practical ways to raise mm-hmm. it beyond doing mirror exercises and meditations and affirmations? You know, mm-hmm. why not, why not make it take advantage of that social connectedness? Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So if you're interested, you know, send me a note, we'll add you to the list. And uh, I, I'm not sure what uh, threshold I'm looking for, but I figure maybe if I get like 10 people wanting to do it, then, you yeah, know, I think that's it. Yeah. That'd be a good number. And, and, it's, and a, it's a re- realistic number as well. Sure. I think so. 
So, okay, that's where we are then. So I don't really have any uh, messages for us from listeners today, so we can kind of just go <gasps> off where we want to go. Oh, no, it's going into heart attack mode. This is terrible. <laughs> Please don't call that into my life, Walt. Please don't call that into my life. <laughs> I was just mimicking what you were doing. I was that's all. Big heartbroken. Like, oh, heartbroken. Oh, oh, okay. Not heart attack mode. <laughs> Gordon Bennett. <laughs> so we'll just go, we'll just go off on directions that we'd like to go into. Um, I've been spending most of my week fo- focusing on taking advantage of the fact that I have great co-hosts giving me information that I can use in my talk. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> <this week. laughs> to, I've been I've been I've been reintegrating into working life. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it's all very well and good that I just want to sniff the baby on the baby, <laughs> but. Sniffing the baby, I love that. <laughs> I, I do actually have people that are looking for me to do stuff, and <laughs> people whose salaries are dependent on me actually operating yeah. my various enterprises. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I need to probably get get back to it now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to play. Yeah. Cool. Hey, the good part is you're loving it. You're enjoying it. I yeah, mean, we're having some good fun. That, that's really fun. clear. It comes through really well. Plus, whenever you're posting something on Facebook, we get to see it and share it, and that's really cool too. Yeah, he's, I've got. Uh, he was um, sleeping here in the spare room the other day. I, I put him down. Oh, good, gone out, and I'd had him put him down, and he ended up sort of falling asleep, like just like like this. <laughs> And he was just sleeping like that with his little face expressions. So I got next to him in the bed and I did the same thing and Olga took a picture. <laughs> I was next to each other. So that was great fun. But we get pictures of him every day and little videos of him every day. So we've got like a real cataloging of, because we've got everything from him being a bump, the the trips to the um, OBGYN and like videos of him on the ultrasound. So we've got this entire journey Right, mapped out to the, his first few seconds of life, we've got on camera as well. So, <laughs> lots of embarrassing material when he has his 18th birthday. Party. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have a grand old time, no doubt. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been great fun. Actually, I have a uh, a manifestation story to tell. Ooh, shit! And it's been one that's been a long time in the coming. Ooh. Um, this dates back to, it actually dates back before 2018, but I will mm-hmm. start the story in 2018. Uh, listeners will remember that that's when my wife Louise got very ill and it turned out she had a thyroid condition. She had hyperthyroidism and specifically Graves disease as they call it. Mm-hmm. And after much ado, we even had a really scary Christmas Eve, um, that turned into a a little minor miracle and she was able to come home that day, which was pretty surprising. Um, but it's been like a long road after that. And of course you have to see, see a bunch of doctors. There's an endocrinologist who plays a major role. She also had to see a cardiologist and she's been seeing him periodically. Um, and the endocrinologist from pretty much from day one said, well, you know, it's possible for us to fix this, but what's more likely going to happen is you're probably going to be on medication for the rest of your life, or you're probably going to get to the point where you're going to have to choose about having surgeries or maybe using chemicals to burn out the thyroid and you know, mm-hmm. just all these really nasty options. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we would listen to him and go, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then after either we left or he left, we'd say, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Our survey says. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. 
And he said, well, there is like a 10% chance or something like that, that you could get off all of this stuff, but it doesn't happen in many cases. And I'll, I'll get all the better idea in a few months as to what's likely to happen. Well, a few months later, he said, I can tell you 100% for sure. You're always going to have to either be on medication or you're going to have to have one of these surgeries or something like that. There's not going to be another option. And we said, uh-huh, yeah, okay. And then we went off and said, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like everybody else, she's had her ups and downs since then. Um, times when she was doing better, sometimes when she, she was doing worse. They, they had been cutting down on her dosages. Her dosages were pretty high at a while, uh, early on there in terms of um, treating the thyroid condition itself. Um, but uh, at one point, they knocked out one medication that was indirectly related and they kept knocking down the dosage of the one that's directly related. They call it methylazole. And just last week, she got a phone call after her latest blood work, and she'd already done the visit with the with the doctor. She got a phone call from the nurse in the office saying that he was changing it once again. This time, he was changing it to the smallest possible dose once every other day for six weeks and then stop. So, (laughs) and then we're going to do more blood work and see what's needed, but it could be. Somebody say manifestation. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty cool stuff. So needless to say, Louise was excited. Uh, In fact, I was doing, I was recording a show at the time that she got that news. So she like was on pins and needles waiting for me to finish the show so she could (laughs) tell me the news. (laughs) Oh, look at that. Whilst your vibe is high, the news is being created. Well, about that. Yeah. Yeah. It happens. It's Mm -hmm. happened. So yeah, we're pretty excited about that. And uh, deservedly so. So there's going to be uh, more news, I'm sure, in six weeks. That's when mm-hmm. we'll find out what's going on. But we are looking forward to celebrating with you. And, this and, then it's going, and then it's going to be get on the phone with the endocrinologist and say, huh, told you so. <laughs> and that's a good thing. I mean, I'm making light of that, obviously. But I think that's a really good thing because science and scientists learn from the data they acquire. Mm-hmm. And all scientists, they're human beings. So, of course... They're, they're creating their theories as they go along based on their experiences. Mm-hmm. But when they get new data, a good scientist says, you know what? I've got new data here that contradicts my old thinking. So they adjust their thinking. So this is going to help adjust this particular endocrinologist's thinking. And I think that's a good thing. And you know what? I think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that science doesn't prove anything. It demonstrates. That's true. Yeah. You know, and I learned that much to the ire of my ego <laughs> having used the, <laughs> the terminology side so it's proven and someone pulled me aside is like look i'm a physicist and let's get your wording right that's right <laughs> let's get your wording right or stop using that wording okay yeah thank you yeah and i was like okay i guess we're gonna be getting the wording right well, then. actually i i have a cousin whose husband is a geologist um, actually, not quite geologist. He, he has like a one of those crossover that's like half geology, half physics or something like that. Yeah. And he said to me, any scientist who claims that he's able to prove things is not a good scientist. Mm. I thought that laid it out pretty plainly. I think that's one of the things like with modern day scientific thought for much of the mainstream that, you know, things are a little bit lacking because people are getting an idea and holding on to it 
versus staying in this playful curiosity because that's what science mm. wants is this playful curiosity asking questions yes. testing hypothesis and seeing what happens and then being open to new ideas and exploring rather than this is my theory it will be named <laughs> after me and placed in a peer-reviewed paper at which point i shall be acknowledged and get my tenure at my university blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> right <laughs> Like, yeah, that's not really the spirit of the science. Not really, no. It? It's not the spirit of science. So that's it's funny. Great to see. It's great to see an opportunity for somebody's paradigm to be broken down, reframed and shifted to yeah. the point of it being able to, because they shouldn't be saying, this is what you're going to do. It, the correct wording should be based on what we've seen so far. This is what's most likely to happen. Which is what he mostly would, was doing. Mm-hmm. It was just that last meeting before this <laughs> one where he said, no, it's not going to happen at no, all. No, it's not going to happen. This is what it's going to be. <laughs> just, just getting you ready for the worst, my friend. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to catch you on the other side of the law of attraction. Bye. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, that's the one for sure. It's funny. We haven't even dared to use the words law of attraction, except for one time Louise used the phrase. She says, we're into the law of attraction. He gave us one of those looks, you know, the look that I'm one talking about. One of those looks of sacred yeah. blur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, was, it wasn't quite that. It, it was more like, oh, we got another conspiracy theorist here. That That's the really? kind of look it was. Yeah, it was oh, that yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I conspire to have a happier life. <laughs> I'm sorry that you have to witness me in my bliss. That's right. It, it's a rough life, but somebody's T- Turn it. away now. The smiles are coming. The smiles are coming. <laughs> it's like, really? Get out of here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. That's funny. <laughs> it, it goes to prove, though, you can... Even when you're dealing with a situation where you're dealing with a skeptic, because that's really what he was and what he is, mm-hmm. he's a skeptic, it can be fun. Mm. dealing with skepticism can be fun. It's just a question of how you look at it. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you feel about it? You know, mm-hmm. do you buy into the energy that the skeptic is putting out? Because mm. at the end of the day, and this is like when we start going into, um, into what has the power to have an impact on our reality is, are you going to accept that and subscribe to the agreement that what that person's saying is going to be a part of your reality, because ultimately you don't have to be in a quantum overlay with that experience. You can actually, oh, okay, I see that. Like, oh, okay. I see that you hold that viewpoint. I respect that. I just happen to be happier and that's okay for me too. So I'll leave you there. And I'm going to be here happy with my scary law of attraction. Isn't that an interesting thing that we are able to choose we aren't mm-hmm. stuck. We aren't locked in to a particular response because we got a certain piece of input from a skeptic, from a doctor, or from someone. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't have to buy into that. What I love to to remind myself is they're not being a skeptic. They've just got their idea that happens to divert from mine. True. Yeah. So it's not. I don't even see it as skepticism. I from see from as, their perspective, it's not skepticism. From the, it's it's, it's what is. It's yeah. you know. It's what is. Their point of view, and yeah. I've got mine. Yep. And they're welcome to theirs and I'll enjoy mine. And at the end of the day, we're all going to see the results based on our perspective. Anyway, have you ever seen the film? This is an old film, Eric the Viking. Oh, God, I know the name. I don't think I ever saw it. But yeah, yes, I recognize like, the name. I think we're going back to the 80s. For this yeah, film. yeah. And 
you know, there's this whole there's this this Viking is going on this adventure. I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a particular bit where there was a Christian monk on their longboat. Mm-hmm. And of course, all the others were, you know, go Valhalla, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then you've got, the, you got the Christian monk. And they get to the edge of the world. And when they get to the edge of the world, they're like, oh my God, it's the edge of the world. But the monk was seeing something completely different because what they were experiencing was out of alignment with what he held to be true. So he oh, didn't cool. see the same experience as them. You know, we can put this in as simple terms as, glass half empty, glass half full, mm-hmm. glass with water, they're all perspectives. It's the same, it's the same thing, but we're all seeing it through our own lens. Yeah. And ultimately our reality that we're witnessing is all against our lens. Two people are having, have the same, like we can go to politics because we've done that before. So buckle your seatbelts, kids. You, know, <laughs> you have been warned. You have been warned. <laughs> like the fact of the matter are, regardless of by what means votes came or didn't come, counted, were lost, as far as the legal process is considered, we have a new president, a new vice president. Right. For some people, they're looking at these series of facts. Treason's been committed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Some are looking at it's a brand new day. Yep. Some are talking about domestic terrorism on the part of those who stormed the Capitol building. Some are looking at those as freedom fighters. Yep. It's the same core facts. And yet all of these different opinions are germinating around it. Exactly. And we can get so lost in other people's opinions that we don't stop to ask, what is my opinion, number one, my own one? What does that represent in terms of the viewpoint I'm holding? And what does that mean in terms of the reality I'm creating? Yes, that's the most important one in my view. What reality are you creating with that focus? Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the one that gets, well, even among law of attraction people, but certainly from people outside of the law of attraction circles, they're, they're Mm -hmm. oblivious to that third question. That, Mm -hmm. that, that third question, that's almost sacrilege to say, oh my God, what are the consequences of focusing on this stuff? Mm Mm-hmm. Because so much of what goes on in politics anyway is anger-based. So essentially, it's a challenge to the anger saying, okay, you want to be angry? Angry? You're going to get an angry result. Wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm angry because I have a right to be angry. Well, you're going to get the result too. Oh, no, no, no. no. That's not the way it works in politics. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just spent so much time recently just muting people. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't follow that person. You liking their tweet should not be polluting my timeline. So I guess I'm unfollowing you and muting them so that they can't come up again. Because mm. I c- carefully curate my environment to match yeah. what I want to experience and how I want to see things, you know. And that curation creates an environment that's conducive for me, continuing to have a reality that I like and, I like and love. What a concept. It? Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that aren't following us on YouTube, um, That's right. <laughs> we were just doing very funny faces, faces that you may find humorous, and you're invited to head over to YouTube, search for LOA today. You'll see our smiling faces. I'm not doing as great a job as Alex would. You're but... doing very well. Oh, well, thank you. You are. <laughs> you're doing away. very well. Don't forget to click subscribe, subscribe, like a couple of videos, like a couple of videos, like a couple of videos, and click the silver <laughs> bell. So whenever we go live, which is the same time every day, you'll get a notification. You can uh, catch the fun. 
Yeah. That was beautiful. Thank Alex you. is proud. Are you proud of me, Alex? I'm sure she's listening in. She, she must be because she's hearing that. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I'd just give up on trying to segue out and just segue. <laughs> just, just I think you're in. mastering the art of the segue. Yeah. No, it works when I segue myself in. It's when I try and, <laughs> when I try and serve up the segue for others. <laughs> I drop the ball disastrously. You just got to practice the serve. That's all. I'm going to practice the serve. I'm going to practice. I'm going to practice it. But yeah, but I think there's just so much to be said for focusing on our own lives. And I know people, like I was speaking with a, with a guy that, you know, a lovely guy, lovely. We, we've had a couple of conversations about this. And he's like, well, we have to think about America standing with allies and the global, the global platform and stuff. And we can't be these xenophobes that kind of hide and don't let anybody in and so on and so forth. But there's also something to be said for just having your own stuff together before going yes. out to play with others, you know? That's the beauty of freedom. I mean, one person can say, well, we got to think about this stuff. And the other person can say, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> I was going like, to think about the country. So, and yeah, there are shadow sides to both because you can think so much about others that you end up actually forgetting yourself. Yep. It's like the person who doesn't feed themselves because they're so busy feeding others. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Hey, um, I, I voiced an interesting opinion along that line. I'm curious to see um, how it resonates with you. Oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was talking about this concept that I'm going to be pushing in my talk. I've I've narrowed it down to three words: increasing self love. To me, that's that's the topic. And I observed that there's no such thing as having too much self love. That in Mm -hmm. fact, true self love, there are no limits to how high you can go. Mm -hmm. But I also observed that at any given moment in time, in any given moment in our experience, um, we need X amount of self-love, whatever X is. Mm-hmm. And yet we can, we can create more than X. So mm-hmm. what happens at that point? You, have, you could almost call it an excess of self-love. Mm-hmm. What happens to the love at that point? But doesn't that assume that there's a container that can be filled up? But when you move into the well, precisely, infinity, yeah, there's it's, no upper limit. Exactly. So what mm-hmm. happens, well, I, here, here's the proposition I put out. What happens is whether you want to or not, your love helps other people because it all spills so. over. I think it contributes to the, uh, I mean, I, I follow, believe in quantum entanglement and I believe in, and follow the common field theory and that we are all part of a common universal consciousness Mm-hmm. And that our thoughts are informing universal consciousness and actually adding to the overall fiber against which our individual strands of consciousness are playing out. And when I'm overflowing my love, then I'm actually adding to creating that positive uplift. And part and parcel of my my mission is for more people to be doing that, to be so in love with their life, so joyful, so purpose-driven, so expansive, that it creates a positive tipping point that shifts consciousness as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you all the way, Mr. Walton. Well, I also took it to an extreme. I became an extremist on this. (laughs) An extreme love self-lovist. That's right. Yes. (laughs) But I took it to the extreme and I said to myself, well, it also means that I could be somebody who has no direct intention to help anybody else. I could selfishly keep it to myself, but boil over with all of that love and it helps them anyway. For me... This, when you overlay this with hologram theory and just make like slight tweaks in the intentionality of it, perfect placement. 
because at the end of the day, everything outside is going to be a reflection of what's happening inside. And if that's my right. inside internal environment is so full of love, and that's all I'm going to witness. The point comes in, however, when I have the opportunity to choose whether or not to engage with other people or to connect with other people, where I make that choice from is also going to be informed by where I'm at internally. Yes. So inadvertently, it's going to lead to giving to others in a physical environment Sorry. also because we're going to end up following through with that environment we've created. So the, the objection that I hear in my mind as I espouse this theory is, yeah, but what about somebody who succeeds in keeping the love to himself? And my response is that's a person who just went down in vibration. Because it's not love anymore. That's right. Because love can't be held. Love exactly. can't, it's not contractive. It's an expansive energy. It's expansive. Force. Yeah. So anytime that it starts to demonstrate itself in a way that is not expansive, then it's not love anymore. And so I, it, it occurred to me to kind of reflect on how this impacts things like you know, very iconic stories, such as Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Mm-hmm. The story of Ebenezer Scrooge. Mm-hmm. This gives us an entirely new take on what Ebenezer Scrooge is all about. The mm-hmm. idea that is portrayed by Dickens is that the people who Scrooge interacted with, his his uh, mortgagees, um, mm-hmm. were taking advantage. They were victims of his evil selfishness and that mm-hmm. he was only doing it for himself. But clearly, with the theory we've just laid out for ourselves, he wasn't loving himself very much at all. He was actually not getting enough love, and he was demonstrating it by the fact that he couldn't generate it within himself, and he and he wasn't experiencing it in his life. So this man who had all this wealth, so-called, mm-hmm. was going home to a cold house that he didn't dare raise the, the lights on. He didn't. There was no dare, abundance. There was no sense of abundance at all. He had money without abundance, which is an and interesting concept. I, and you know what? I think sometimes we mix up abundance and wealth. We do. So my thing is creating an abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life. Yeah. Wealth, financial wealth, can be a happy byproduct of true abundance. Mm-hmm. But abundance isn't limited to money. That's right. It looks at our sense of peace, sense of joy. It's everything within me has overflow. There's no limit within me. It's continuing to overflow. So yeah. anything that I turn my hand to, my health will be abundant. My relationships will be, be abundant. My finances will also be abundant. Because anything that I need or desire will be met with what it's what's required to meet it and more when we have money or we have a great relationship or even we have great health but it's still met with lack then we don't have abundance that's right because yep. the two ideas can't exist in the same space yeah it really shifts the way we think about things even iconic things like a christmas carol i mean that's mm-hmm. been around for you know, 100 130 years something like that we're, we're looking at complete 150 years i think and we're thinking about it completely differently from the way Dickens thought about it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. It shows how much thought has advanced in a 150-year period. 100%. Yeah. So this is cool stuff. I like this stuff. Um, something else. What was the other thing I wanted to share with you? Oh, yeah. Um, I wanted to get your take on a piece of what it is that I'm planning to talk about. Like I said, my main topic is increasing self-love. Mm-hmm. And the thesis is basically along this line, anytime that life is not working out the way you want it to, you just haven't generated enough self-love. Mm-hmm. And anytime things are working out, you're getting that abundance that you were talking about, then you are either matching or overflowing with self-love. And that, that's basically the criterion that's involved. Starting with that idea, then I start applying it differently to different situations. 
And, and the reason I do that is I'll take the example of the, the millionaire who's got the lousy marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's abundant in wealth. He's not abundant in relationships. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he, where, wherever his wealth stuff is concerned, whether it's his business or you know, whatever, I don't know what his source of income is, but whatever it is, mm-hmm. he is in a higher vibe space there. He's in a higher self-love space. But mm-hmm. when it comes to his relationships, it's almost like his self-love drops below that threshold that we talked mm-hmm. about. So essentially, we're looking at what goes on in all the different aspects of our lives as having different levels of self-love. And that's the mm-hmm. part I wanted to ask you about. Do you, do you agree that there are different levels of self-love depending on what, we're, what part of our lives we're dealing with? I think that there's an idea that may actually provide another reason why that shows up. Okay. And it's something that Wallace D. Wattle brings up in his book, The Science of Getting Rich. Okay. Where he describes that how we create happens along one of two paths, the competitive plane or the creative plane. Now, whilst The Science of Getting Rich is really specifically speaking to um, to, to finan- finances and, and money, mm-hmm. the ideas are still translate to everything because sure. how the universe works is how it works. And what we look at with the competitive versus the creative plane is seeing this idea of how people that aren't very nice and don't do things the right way still get rich. Mm -hmm. The same way that people can lie and cheat to get into the pants of the person that they fancy (laughs) to be in the pants of. Right. Right. There are some things that involve other people that you can almost hack the system with and bypass just like people do health hacks, right? Mm -hmm. People do, uh, steroids, for example, you take steroids, you're hacking the system. Right. Um, they've got, uh, there's a place down here, there's a stem cells and cryogenic stuff that I want to try because it looks really cool. <laughs> 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 it's like, oh, it's just cool. Sign me up. Okay, right? Right. Now, no self-love was involved because it wasn't along the creative plane. It was a competitive plane. Matter versus matter, push and pull, from a reality transurfing perspective, inner intention, will, pushing and making it happen here in three-dimensional reality versus using, using universal law. So someone's uni- using ver- universal law, then we can start to ex- explore this question. But it's worth exploring when we see someone that's got something, did that come by way of the, ver- the creative plane or the competitive plane? Because if it came by the c- competitive plane, then... We're not even talking about the self-love question. We're talking about something that's not going to be able to last because the, the frequency is not going to resonate keeping it. Generally, those things are done from a space of lack. So it's going to end up being lack either in that thing that we've hacked or somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Or um, when we're looking at the creative plane. Now, if we're looking at the creative plane and apply that question, we have to ask ourselves, what about bleed theory? What theory? Bleed theory. Bleed theory. I don't think I'm familiar with bleed theory. You're going to have it's to educate a, it's me. It's a danism. It's a danism. Ah, that's <laughs> we haven't brought it out yet. That's the problem. <laughs> so what bleed theory does is it invites us to look at the universal nature of the universe. That actually okay. it's just one substance. And the division and the differences are all projections of the mind. So the difference between the abundance that I have in my health, my relationships and my finances is a matter of my stories and narratives. It's not real. So could it be that someone's self-love does impact what they create in those areas? Yes, but it's an illusion feeding an illusion because self-love, when just applied in its true nature, will be expanded everywhere at exactly the same rate. 
Okay. So you brought in a couple of interesting concepts there, and and I want to kind of talk about both of them. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll hang on to this one for a moment. We'll come back to this one. Okay, the, I'll hold it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so while Daniel's holding that one, we're going to go to the other one. <laughs> now, the other one you were bringing up was the idea that there's either a creative or plane, so to speak, and a competitive plane. Mm-hmm. That's what Willis brings up. And yeah, that was that was what his claim was. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is an example of what happens when we deal with the limitations of language, because I can conceive of somebody who finds being involved, and I'm going to use the example of the stock trader, of somebody mm-hmm. who's a top stock trader. Mm-hmm. They love the competition. They love taking mm-hmm. the money away from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they find creative ways to do that. So isn't there a blurring that can happen between the so-called creative plane and the competitive plane? Because from the perspective of the person who's engaging in the competitive plane, they are creating. Mm-hmm. I mean, both ways are creating. So, that, but the name of the, the, the name of the, of the path or the plane isn't where the division comes in. The division comes in the energy, the spirit behind how we are creating. So the competitive plane is still creative, but it creates from pushing, pulling, generally from a space of lack. Dog eat dog, kill, kill, kill. There's not enough. Oh, but I'm not sure it's from the state of, of lack. In fact, I would say just the opposite. The, the guy who's the top stock trader, mm-hmm. he doesn't think in terms of lack. He thinks in terms of gain. He thinks in terms of I've got this. He doesn't believe for a second he's going to lose. There's no, there's no lack. I'm not talking about him. losing. I'm not talking about lack with him, but there's not enough to go around. So I need to get it all. So it's like the person that's like, I'm not screwed. sure that he believes that necessarily. Some do. Some do, yeah, but we, yeah. I mean, this is your, this is your, your, your character that you made up. So you're going to well, know more about true. him. Yeah, he's, your imagined, he's your imaginary character. So. I can make him do whatever I want. Do so, what he wants. <laughs> so if we look at Scrooge, for example, Scrooge had the money, but he didn't want to put too much coal on because there wasn't going to be enough to go around. Right. He had more yeah. than enough coal. He did. Enough coal for him and everybody else. But Which he figured out was... the next day, by the way. But that's yeah. another part of the after, story. After, another, <laughs> after a, three ghosts and <laughs> a, a ghastly interaction. But you know, like when I when I look at um, people in my old industry, for example, you know, project funding. You know, do you know how many deals fell apart because everyone was like, "Well, you know, unless I get this much of the commission, you know, my client's not coming. To, I'm not going to bring my bankers in unless I get this amount." It's like. Dude, we're talking about like a hundred thousand pounds between four <laughs> four people. Twenty five grand each. No, I'm sorry, I need fifty thousand. Otherwise, you know. So where, where's that? Where's that coming from? Now, me personally, I'd be like, all right, cool. I'll take a third of fifty grand for like a few phone calls and some emails. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. But generally speaking, there's. I'm not. I'm not. Giving, I remember there was this. I'll tell you, it was a funny story. God, I don't know how many years ago is, but there was this um, this oil company that had oil reserves in Texas somewhere, but they were like really awkwardly placed oil reserves. Mm. He didn't have enough money to get to it, but because he had the oil reserves, he was able to create bonds against those, which uh. I was like, okay, you know, we can raise some money against these bonds and, and make it happen. And I found through someone who didn't have a pot to piss in, didn't have any money, but he did mm-hmm. have a contact who had a contact who could actually get us some money for the bonds. Mm-hmm. Not 100% face value. They're basically junk bonds, but could get something. Sure. 
And I was like, okay, you know, the owner of the bonds is going to give us 3%. We're talking about, I was like, $2 billion worth of bonds, right? <laughs> we were going to make millions each. Yeah, yeah. At the 3%, right? Yep. He goes, that's not enough. Mm. He's got to go 50-50. Or oh, jeez. Yeah, literally. This is what we're talking about. It's like, <laughs> this is my contact, you know. It's like... Hold it. I've got to get all of the money from this thing creates a resistant block that stops the flow of money coming in. Very effectively, I might add. <laughs> right? And when we look at someone that is, I'm going to destroy the competition. Well, where? Why do you need to destroy the competition? Like, where does that come from? Like, I'm not so I sure that the, the successful tr- trader, though, the, the successful trader, I'm not sure that they actually want to crush the competition. Uh, I, yeah, that's more I can of a... say from personal experience that... Oh, you do know something, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Destroy the competition. Churn and burn. Just just like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Kill, kill, kill. (laughs) Actually, there's a funny story that goes along with that from the news. I don't know if you're aware of it, but there are a group of not top-end traders, but just average Joe traders who were meeting on Reddit, and they were trading up, what were the stocks? GameStop? And, I heard about um, this. Yeah, and uh, I can't remember what they're, they're like a couple. They, used, of them they use their stimulus checks to yeah, yeah. To do they're, they're, and... they're bidding it up, bidding it up using call options and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> and they were actually taking money away from the major traders <laughs> <laughs> using the exact same techniques that the major traders it's, use. <laughs> and now, haven't they been? Aren't they being banned? Yeah, or Reddit just banned, banned them. <laughs> I just I thought that was just a, a wonderful Free speech little... just disappeared. But all they'll do is they'll take the millions that they're making, build their own platform, and they'll continue to do it. Actually, the 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 um the infamy that it's getting, I've got people that hit me up, like people in my program, like, Dan, how can we replicate this? I want a bit of a hit. Like, can you share how to do this? I'm like, really? I, I, I'm just wondering how many of them were smart enough to get out of the market. How many of them are still in that stock? That's what I'm wondering. Well, you know... Who, who, who knows? I've not been tracking the stock. I've never I haven't heard either. Of it. it was some itsy bitsy stock that's now a Fortune 500 company because the stock price has been driven up so high. It started two dollars and eighty cents a share. Last I heard, it was something like six hundred dollars a share. It was crazy. What I want to know is the conspiracy theorist to me is like, was this all a big ploy by someone that had the idea to actually go long and make it look like they weren't? I don't know. If I was putting my insidious uh, market manipulator hat on, that's definitely what I'd do. I mean, certainly the one piece of news that I did hear is that the people who were involved in doing this were doing it because they liked GameStop. Because GameStop, I'm not a real fanatic about it, so I don't really know all the Mm -hmm. ins and outs of it. But basically, it's a way of offsetting and and undermining the costs that the major game players charge for the various games they do. It's a way of kind of getting in at a lower price point. And Mm -hmm. and the people who are investing in that loved that. They loved that that existed. So they were actually passionately doing it as like a a project more than anything else. And yeah, they were making money in the process, but that was secondary. The primary thing was to give a boost to GameStop because they were such approvers of GameStop. So I mm-hmm. think there's like a, there's like a combination of factors going mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's all fun and games. It reminds us that, you know, none of us are getting out of this thing called life anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> they are having fun. Like, play no the stock market. <laughs> Put coal on your fire, you know, <laughs> like all of the good things. 
One of the good things. I'm trying to remember. There were two points, and there was a second point that you brought up, and I, I'm blanking out on what it was. You were supposed to be holding it. Do you remember what that second point was? Bleed theory. Bleed theory, yes. But there was a piece that went with it. What was the piece that went with it? Um, I just held the thing. I, I didn't hold the details. Yeah, I can't remember. Well, that obviously wasn't It'll show back up. It'll show up when it needs to. Yeah, we'll just yeah. leave it there. This is good though. This has been helpful because it's helping me to kind of flesh out what am I thinking? How am I how am I presenting this? Where, well, what? How do I want to angle this? And and uh, what do I want to focus on when I'm when I'm talking to people about this? Because I'm also realizing I, I've been getting some great feedback from listeners too about the pieces that I've been sharing with them, and I'm realizing in a big big way what I'm proposing to talk to these college students about. Mm-hmm. Really, almost everybody needs to hear. I've had just in the last couple of days, I had two different listeners write in and say, I wish I'd heard what you have to say when I was in school. Oh, that's beautiful. I wish that somebody had told me that. And I wish mm. that too. That's part of the reason I'm giving the talk. I wish somebody had known to tell me because mm. nobody knew. My parents didn't know to tell me this. Mm. No, my teachers didn't know to tell me. My professors, my peers, other adults, nobody knew to teach me this stuff. Even if they knew to teach me, they wouldn't have even have known how to teach me. It was just not even on the radar, mm. you know? So, and, and I think it's largely still true today. I mean, we have our circles, you know, our circles are exploring this to some degree and mm-hmm. there are other circles that are doing it, but still it's a very small percentage of the overall population that's even aware of how vitally important self-love is. Mm. So, I, I'm thinking this has got to go to a wider circle than what I had in mind. I'll start with the college kids for sure. But, um... I've got a friend of mine who actually, I'm, she's a self-love coach. I'm going to. Cool. I'm going to connect you. All right. I like that. She, she stylizes herself as a self-love coach. Mm-hmm. I actually That's did nice. some work with her. She's amazing. Yeah. Very cool. Definitely, I want to talk to her. Yeah, bring her on to the show. Get her, get her to do a guest appearance sometime. Yeah, I am on it. I just made a note. I will message her later today. Excellent, excellent. This is what I love doing about this. I, I, I get so much good material talking to you guys. I really do. <laughs> I mean, seriously, everything I've learned, I've learned from talking to all my co-hosts. And here you are giving me a whole bunch more good things to think about. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Well, it's law of attraction, isn't it? There you go. You're loving That's it. You're getting more of it. Get more and more of it. Yeah. More, more. Oh, I know something else I wanted to, to talk a little bit more about. You were talking about the guy who's the competitive one that wants to, you know, slash and burn and so forth. <laughs> and I just wanted to explore that one little step further. This is a person who most people don't really approve of what that person's doing. Mm-hmm. He loves it or she loves it. Usually it's a he. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be either way. And they live for it. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, that same person very often, like we said before, will have serious attraction problems in other areas of their life, you know, relationships, mm-hmm. health, yeah. um, you know, hobbies. There can be a variety of things that, that they have a lot of trouble with. But that one area, they're good at. So I guess the question I want to raise is, from their perspective, they're feeling high vibe in that space. Mm-hmm. My question is, how, vibe, how high vibe are they really? And I don't know if I can answer that because I don't know if there's an objective way to describe what's high vibe, but what do you think? I mean, are they high vibe? My thing is, is high vibe the only thing that leads to manifestation? The flow final says no. Talk about that a little bit. 
So if we walk through the flow funnel, right, which is what am I choosing consciously or unconsciously is an intentional pattern. What am I vibing at? What's my frequency? Where's my vibe at? What are my stories, beliefs, narratives, and limitations or expansions in my mental space? And then what am I doing? What am I embodying? What am I stepping into in my mm -hmm. environment? So someone's high vibe around something, but they may have a limiting belief around that one area. And that's what I was saying about bleed theory. Bleed theory says vibrationally, everything has the same potential, but that potential and the possibilities get limited into less probabilities by virtue of the fact of the narratives that we tell ourselves, the stories, the limiting beliefs, the ideas, and then what I actually step up to receive. I can have all the potential in the world to have the most beautiful relationship. If, however, I actually don't move through time and space and connect with potentials to actually have that relationship, it doesn't matter what my potential was or how high my vibe was because I didn't step into it. If I have all the potential for abundance and yet I still hold the limiting belief that money is the root of all evil, then I'm not going to be able to create it regardless of how hard I work either. There's going to be a missing piece. So yes, we can be high vibe, but is high vibe the only thing that leads to manifestation? No, it's the thing that sets the landscape against which the rest of the manifestation happens and opens us up to our manifestation potential. But what are we telling ourselves? What are we mentally rehearsing? What's going on up here? And then what are we doing with these hands? Are we doing anything at all? Are we actually receiving the thing that we're setting into the into motion to, uh, to, to manifest? I think you're right. In fact, I think that what happens in my mind is when I think high vibe, for me, high vibe also means I'm letting go of resistances. But you're mm -hmm. pointing out that doesn't necessarily have to play that way. It, it can be possible to raise your vibration. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot mm -hmm. of effort, but it's possible to raise your vibration to a higher level and still maintain the resistances. You'll yeah. probably burn yourself out in the process, mm -hmm. but you can do it at least for a short period of time. It's like I can have my hand in the sun and my leg in a freezer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My foot's cold. My hand's warm. Mm -hmm. I have the potential to be holy in either one, but mm -hmm. I split myself off. I can have an By the way, that makes you a whole lot taller than I am. I just want to say that. <laughs> I doubt that's possible. <laughs> I can have an umbrella. I can have an umbrella and not cover all of myself. And, but I've got an umbrella. Why is the rain on me? I've got an umbrella, but the umbrella's not covering all of me. Or if the umbrella isn't open. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an umbrella. Oh, I feel really good about the idea of having an umbrella. <laughs> why, why am I not protected? I put it in my mind movie and I watched it this morning. Why am I wet? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you're wet because you're in the rain with no umbrella. So, But I feel really good. I feel really good about an umbrella. Well, standing in the rain can feel yeah. good. <laughs> not if you want to be dry. Well, there is that, yes. <laughs> you know? And as much as we're laughing, you know, we do this in our lives a lot of the time. We do. It's scary off and we do this. Right? I mean, look, oh. for example... You shared the beautiful story of Louise's manifestation journey into health mm -hmm. against the odds and against what science had told us she was going to be receiving. Right. Mm -hmm. The high vibe that she had set that landscape. If against that high vibe, she was still having doubts, would she have been able to connect with this possibility? If she wasn't following through and taking the steps to embody that high vibe, making choices from the place of someone who's high vibe and is already healed, would she be healed? No. It's all of those things that came together that created the healing that she's beginning to, uh, she's, she's coming to a full experience of. 
and that now the tests are catching up with reflecting back to her. All of it came together. And by the way, both phenomena happened within the same experience because it wasn't a smooth curve. It wasn't mm-hmm. like she was continuously in this mode of being, it was like, oh, for this moment, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to go on forever. And then the mm-hmm. next moment, oh, no, 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 I need to get over to this other mindset, which is the one that I really want. Okay, I'm doing mm-hmm. that. And then later mm-hmm. on, oh, God, I just saw this TV show about people who had their thyroids burned out. And mm-hmm. then, oh, no, 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 I, I really want to be over here because mm-hmm. what I'm aiming for is to get the the, the, the uh, medication to go away entirely and be medication-free. Oh, but God, I just feel so terrible. I need to go take a nap. I mean, this she- is... Sounds like she might even be what they call the human. Human, it's the human condition. Humans (laughs) with polarity and contrast and everything else that comes from existing in three dimensional time and space. Exactly, that's what it is. Yeah, go figure. You know, (laughs) crazy, bro, crazy. (laughs) That's the way it goes. It isn't a smooth curve. It's a jagged line Mm -hmm. that, taken over time, turns into a curve. Exactly. But moment by moment, it looks like the stock market is just all over the place. And that, again, you know, that's the human experience. It is. Yeah. And sometimes we lose sight of it. Sometimes we run away from it. Sometimes mm-hmm. we reject the idea of it. But that's sometimes we just question it entirely. Like, yeah, <laughs> what the hell was I thinking? <laughs> what was that? What was that? And then we come back to our, not to our senses, we come back to our original thought is what we're mm-hmm. going to do. Yeah. Which is coming to your senses from one perspective. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it depends what your senses are telling you at that particular exactly. time. But <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, as we've been talking about all this stuff, this has been a great conversation. But as we've been talking about right. this, I keep, Definitely. I keep thinking about our friend Alex and what mm-hmm. she's going through. And, you know, she's riding that same curve. Mm-hmm. She's riding she that up and down curve. And she's doing it gamely. Mm-hmm. And she's, you know, she's sticking it out. She's, she, she talks about some of the, the procedures that she's been going through. as if, oh, well, you know, it's just a procedure. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my God, they're putting all that stuff into a bag. <laughs> but, and she's reaching out for support. And she's and she doing is. things to keep her vibe up. She's following through with actions that are going to cement the neural pathways that she's seeking to imprint and have as her standard in her, in her brain so that she can have thoughts and have intentions and hold the vibrational frequency of what she wants, creating that upward spiral. Exactly. So let's make that the last... Let's make it the last few minutes then of the show. How important are the action steps? I mean, you kind of touched on it briefly earlier, saying, well, if you don't take any action steps at all, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm -hmm. Is that the whole extent of how important they are? For me, action is the most important and the least important thing. Okay. You have to explain that. It's the least important because by the time you get to the action, all the creation's already done. You're just receiving. Mm. But it's the most important thing because if I don't receive it, what does it matter what I put into it anyway? If I create a beautiful meal and put it in the oven and I follow the recipe exactly and I get the temperature exact and all that good stuff, but I don't take it out and eat it, it's going to burn. I'm still going to be hungry. Or even worse, right. you take it out when it's cooked and it's perfect and you still don't eat it. <laughs> exactly, right? I set the table, you know, <laughs> I've got a beautiful glass of wine and all of this stuff, candles and all this stuff. But I haven't gone grocery shopping. I haven't cooked the meal. I'm sitting at the table. And this is the analogy I use. This is what happens when people just just take action or don't. I'm sitting at them. Yeah, you know, I'm here. But I put it in my mind movie. Where's my, where's my Doc LaRange? And 
my foie gras on the side. Like I've been man- I've been visualizing it. Yeah, that's great. Close your eyes. There it is. Open your eyes. Where is it? <laughs> this is the importance of action, in my opinion. That is a very good way of describing the importance of action. I love the way you, you framed it to state it initially. It's both the most important and the least important. The least important at the same time. At the mm-hmm. same time. Yeah, it, and it really is true. Because it, it's really the last step is what it is. Like you said, it's the receiving. It's the receiving. Yeah. By, the time, by the time, you know, it's the delivery of the pizza. It's like running the, the race and then refusing to cross the finish line. Or just standing at the finish line asking where the race is. Serious Alzheimer's moment going yeah, on. Yeah, it's like, why am I here? What is my purpose in life? Who am I? <laughs> and he almost wins the race, but no, at the last second, his competitor crosses the line ahead of him. <laughs> like, it's like or running, you know, running this marathon and getting to the finish line and saying, okay, let me visualize this. <laughs> Wow, this is so beautiful. I see my victory in the field. No! <laughs> it was like, really? Like, if you're going to do everything else, just put your hands out to receive. And I was asking, just last point, and I know we're over time. Ask yourself why you are not taking the action. Mm, good question. Just ask yourself why. Why yeah. are you not taking any action? So just answer that question. That's what I invite you to do. I wonder how many people who get into law of attraction ignore that part. That, that well, how question. many people get into law of attraction as an excuse for them to be able to blame something for things not happening? Oh. They really don't want it in the first place, but that's a conversation for another day. I think we're going to have to save that one for, for next week because that, <laughs> that'll take the entire hour to do that one. <laughs> oh, but it'll be so worthwhile. Definitely. Hopefully we'll have Alex back and that'll make it even yeah. more fun. But I'm holding that intention for sure. Yeah, I am too. Um, just a reminder, uh, tomorrow is Linda Armstrong. So you want to make sure you tune in. And if you tune have, in. even though Rita has taken, she, she and Cindy, both, I don't know if you knew that, both Rita and Cindy have taken sabbaticals for uh, an undetermined uh, period of time. Mm-hmm. So, but even though Rita is not doing the Friday show, that doesn't mean that you can't send in questions like you were before. I mean, you were sending psychic questions for Rita to answer, and Rita certainly is very, very good at answering psychic related questions. But, you know, Linda has her own ability to tap into the energy too. So I just want to invite people to take advantage of that fact. Everybody who was tuning in and recognizing what was happening on the Friday show knew, yes, Rita gave these great answers, but look what the stuff that Linda came along with to add to it contributed mm-hmm. to the conversation. Take advantage of that. You know, just because Rita isn't there doesn't mean you can't send in a question or send in a request. Do it anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Well, this has been fun. Thank you very Go much, ahead. Daniel. Appreciate it. Appreciate your insights. I appreciate your help in contributing to my talk, too. You really helped a lot. So. Well, you've actually inspired me. I actually think I'm going to get Amy going. We had actually said we we're going to go on the education circuit. And I've, pre-COVID, I was invited to do some talks at some universities. So... I'm actually going to, um, I'm going to hop back on that train and join you. minds. I love it. All right. Very good. So we'll have to compare notes. Sounds good. So thank you much. Thank you, live streamers. Thank you, especially to our podcast listeners. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.